Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You've had a real long day. Nothing good is on the radio. So let's talk your troubles away. Just a couple of guys trying to analyze the things we do and see. Play a game or two, maybe an interview. What a place to be! It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. What a good way! What a good sign! What a good thing! It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. So we're requested that we start to record. Yeah, <laughs> because like we were talking about how different instruments are like make sense to people. You like you're saying that like you look like a you look at a piano. You're like how the fuck? I look at a guitar. I'm like how the fuck? But then when you think about it, it it's, makes sense. It's 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 less about how the instrument creates sound. I understand that. It's more of just like the, the dexterity yeah. and the skill and the difference in biology that is required for someone to be able to do that shit. But you you know the class of instruments that really blow my mind, like how what? the fuck they make sound, like brass instruments. Mm. It's like you press some buttons and it just it adjusts the length of the pipe that you're blowing air through. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once again, I'm on theme. Pipes are ridiculous. Pipes are pretty ridiculous. Pipes are amazing. Hey man, vocal pipes. That's another thing that yep. will blow your fucking mind. So like, okay, so like if you unravel the saxophone. It would be like a length, and then you press certain buttons. It would like be shorter if you or longer. The saxophone, you'd have an oboe. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> no, a clarinet. But like, that's what it does, right? That's what, when you press the buttons, the the valves open and close in such a way that produces a different frequency sound, which means that yeah. it's longer or short. Like a trombone makes sense. Like that's the most logical fucking thing. I you mean, see the, the air the, go. The, the act of you having to buzz your lips to create the sound, that alone blows my mind. Yeah. Because you're creating a different sound using the vibration from your body. So it's like, it's, 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 it's magical. It really is magical. It really is. It's a magical thing. Music is. Um, uh, we're currently like, we're st- currently. It's not doesn't really apply to you listeners, but we're currently live on Instagram right now. So the people there, yeah, they're like pipes again. I'm like pipes forever. I'm pipes. gonna get a pipe tattoo. Pipes for life. Have you ever tried playing like a a, a, tr- a horn? Yeah, I play trumpet. Oh yeah, for two years. Right, right, right. I don't know how to play it at all anymore. Really? I know that this like without pressing anything. That's a, that's a C and a G. Right. That's all I got. And I that depends on how you press your lips. Not, well, it's like the pitch you make. Right. So like if, if like these are the tones and like this is the octave, if you just make your lips tighter, it plays this octave or something. Right. I don't know. I just remember it F. being very, very mind-blowing because like I, I, before I ever tried playing a horn, I always assumed that you just blew into it. You do? Like a recorder. You know, oh. Like, like, no, you, you got to go. <laughs> yeah, it's more, the, like a, it's more of like a... Yeah, less spitty though, more vibrant. This is not. Yeah, this is it. Which, which, which one of us is doing which sound, guys? <laughs> that, that's, that'll make you a sound. Yeah, it's but it's like this crazy thing where you have to like purse your lips together and then blow a very concentrated stream of air. Right. Um, 
And that always just blew my mind because the first ever like wind instru- wind instrument in very big recorder. quotes was the recorder. Does that count as a wind instrument? Yeah, yeah. So it's that a woodwind, was woodwind, right? I, I have no idea. Mine was made of plastic. Um, so like it was a <laughs> plastic wind. <laughs> um, that that was my introduction to how those kind of instruments worked. So when I first tried playing a, a, a trumpet, I just couldn't understand how it worked. Yeah. Even as I was playing it, I was like, "How does this? How is this happening?" And then so if you I tried it, to play trumpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And when I adjust like the shape of how, what how the air is coming out, the sound you just, changes. Nothing comes out. Right? No sound comes out. No, no. Like so, if you go from like this is going to be a bad uh, oral thing to listen to, but versus right. <laughs> you know, like wider versus yeah, tighter yeah, 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 yeah. than the sound and the concentrate and, and how the sound sounds changes. Yeah. Um. That was just amazing to me. It, p- try picking up an instrument you don't know how to play, guys. It will, like, the mechanics of it will probably blow your mind a little bit. Like, things like the Erhu. Or, Which was the Erhu? Okay, I've been talking about Erhu, but uh, I don't Erhu actually know is, what it is. Erhu is the one with, like... <laughs> is, it a, is, it, is it a flutey like, thing or a harp a, thing? It's like a violin with two strings and the bow is That's, stuck on it. Yeah, one of those. I think there's a dude on Orchard Road that plays that. There's a dude on what? On Orchard Road who busks with an arrow. Oh, probably. Tons of people busk with all those like Chinese orchestra like instruments. City. But um, I've always been interested to like learn how because I've tried a little bit and it kind of works like a violin in how you create the vibrato and how like you move the bow and everything sort of. Mm-hmm. But it's just such a weird instrument. It's It's like a weird like Chinese finger trap puzzle where like the bow is attached to the instrument because yeah. it's trapped between two strings. Right. So when you push, like when you push against like the, the instrument and pull away from it, you're making two different sounds. Ah. Because the bow is between two strings. So you yeah. can go either like push or pull. And then like people go like push, pull with like long um, up and down motions. And that's how you create yeah. different notes. It's the whiny one, right? That that's Yeah, that's it goes like... What does that say? Like, cause if you think of like the Chinese instrument, it's probably the erhu, right? And then, like, what's like is the, the most identifiable sound? I yes, guess. Uh-huh. and I guess I don't know if this even handles. If you like think about Spanish music, it's the acoustic guitar. I was gonna say like the marimbas, maybe. But, yeah. Do you think that says something about the culture? Like, the guitar is sexy, like a Spaniard, and an erhu. Hey man, some people find the erhu very sexy. It's almost like sure. a, it's like a siren call. You know, if you think about it, like a siren from the sea, or like a siren from like your head, my your grandma's dying. <laughs> Get out the way, like a siren, like a like a like a vile temptress of the ocean. I, I don't know. I, I find it. I personally find it very beautiful. It can be quite nice, um, especially in the context of like um, like that 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 old Shanghainese jazzy kind of sound. Yeah, where it's modernized a little bit. Um, well, that can be fun. Yeah, totally. Wait, what's the thing they play at the beginning of Hero when uh, Jet Li and Donnie Yen are having the fight in their mind? Oh, right. I thought Mariah Carey song no, no. Hero. I have no idea because I can't remember. Plum, plum, plum. It's like plunk. Oh, uh, that's the... Oh, my God. It's like I, harp, but like he puts it on his lap. Yeah, I, I feel like I, sh- I, need, I should know this, but I don't know it off the top of my head. It's not Dietze. Is it Dietze? It I, might be a Dietze. I think on your next release, be it Chinese or English, you need to incorporate some of these instruments. I have before. That's definitely a thing, right? That's like... Happy NCE has a bunch of them. R- that guy. The song that you were on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But that was like borderline, you know, 
racist. Oh. <laughs> like the sounds we were making for that one. Um, Guzheng, there we go. Right. Um, I really should know these things. I've I've literally performed with Chinese orchestras, but like I'm so ignorant to like the orchestration in a Chinese orchestra. Oh, my, people, my, people are saying on the chat, by the way. Oh, right. You know how we're like, oh, people are yelling at home. <laughs> it's proof. I forgot that we were on Instagram Live. Thank you. Yes, the Guzheng. Um, yeah, the Guzheng. But... My my main fascination of like Chinese orchestral instruments is something called the sheng. Have right. you ever seen a sheng? Isn't that your name? No, my name my my, my Chinese name is Xiang. Isn't that the same thing? That's racist. Yeah. Um, but no it. sheng. So it looks a little bit like you know that emoji of like a bunch of bamboos like next to each other. Yeah. That no one really uses because like why? It's it's near the celebratory emojis where like there's the party. Is it like popper. a pan flute? Are you describing a pan flute? It's something like a pan flute. Like a sa- something a satyr would play. Yeah, uh, I'll show you a picture of it right now. It 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 looks like it looks like a a, a collection of bamboo pipes. What the fuck is that thing? <laughs> that looks like something out of yeah, Star Wars. It looks like a bunch of bamboo sticks sitting on a pipe. Show, show the Instagram people, guys. Doesn't it look like if nine eleven was a teapot? I'm sure they know what it looks like. If I'm sure How would they, they know what it looks like? Okay, because it's not helping the listeners. This is an oral Guys, medium. Guys, just imagine if 9-11 was a teapot. Okay, so <laughs> the Sheng kind of... Ca- like it, it, it completely captivated me the first time I saw it. Uh, because I just didn't understand how this thing was... Making sound? No, I understand how it made sound. Because it's essentially like a weird mix of a wind instrument and a piano. Because like, you know how organs are? Like, you know those yeah. big church organs and they have yep, those yep. pipes around yep. there? It's a very similar philosophy as to how, like, the air is going through these pipes and making sound and then the buttons are adjusting the airflow. Right. But... But it, smaller. It just it just looks... Okay. It th- looks crazy. This is a picture of a person playing it. I mean, look oh, at wow. that. Oh, wow. He looks like he's smoking, like, he, a, It looks a, like a he's pipe. hitting the pipe. He's hitting a bong. <laughs> it looks like he's hitting a very intricate bong um, uh. that's made of... Uh, Star Wars materials. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> All right, a couple more minutes for you Insta people. Get those questions in. Oh, yeah. They've typed in uh, a few questions. Oh, good. We got a couple coming in. Okay. But how about we do a quick one just to give them a taste of the flavor? And, because, <laughs> and also because... <laughs> what? Well, taste of the flavor? No, no. Uh, I, I did something wrong. Okay, right? good. But I like taste of the flavor. Uh, this would be a quick one. I know it for a fact. Uh, someone back there, let me check who it was, asked, Nathan, what is your skincare regimen? What is my skincare regimen? Yes, yeah, specifically bulgogi samjang, which is the most delicious name I've ever heard. Well, we can't bulgogi re- samjang wants to know the secret to your flawless skin. We can't reveal that now. That that's the point of like oh, teasing then, it. Then it's know? like we sign off on Instagram. Yeah, we got to tease it, and, and it also encourages listeners to listen to the episode till the oh. very end, so they get the full scoop. What on that skincare regimen? Regime or regimen? Um, I always those said are two regimen. different words. Words. I, I know. think a regime is a very different thing from a regiment. Regime is like a group of people with a similar goal. Is that true? Or something like that. <laughs> a okay. regime. Like, you know, like a political party is a regime, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And a regimen is the thing you do to your face. It's like a routine. I don't know. I had right? this conversation for a long time with my mom, like a decade ago. I always thought a regime was like a negative word for, for like some. For, I, well, I mean, it's always like, it's always attached to negative regimes. Like the Soviet Union is such a terrible regime. So you can't say like. The you know this good government is a regime that doesn't count right like oh that real positive regime I don't think so I yeah. think it's by definition negative a negative but thing. but but have you ever heard the word regime used in the sense of like what you do your method of doing things like a skincare regime regime no I think I think it's always been regimen 
And I think these people who say regime, and granted, it could only be my mom. But okay, but also <laughs> like there, just read there, it, but never but heard. But also, it. there is regime, regimen, yep, and regiment, regiment which Ooh. is an army unit. Yeah, man, I've been saying the wrong thing. I've been saying regiment for your skincare regiment. Yeah. So you're saying like an army of people who put your skin together? I just I just put the T at the end because yeah. like, you know, R-G-I-M-E-N. Just, They're very close. It, looks, it just looks like an incomplete word. It's very close. Regimen. It's like it's, it's R- Reginald Seaman. Yeah. Yeah. That's the secret. And with that, I'm going to close All this right. Instagram Live. Bye, Instagram Live. Live. And leave the rest to... Thanks for your questions. The listeners. Okay, bye. To, to the to the Instagram live people. Not to you, listeners. But what's it, what's it like if you were one of the Instagram live people just now and they're listening to this podcast tomorrow? They're like, uh, I feel confused. Deja vu? I guess so, it would be. Probably deja vu. So did you, did you li- know Did you know that deja vu is when um, your mind perceives a memory as you're making it? I heard it was something like that. It's yeah. like transforming, or I've also heard like it's 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 a it's a hiccup of like moving stuff from your short term memory to your long term memory or something like that. Something like that, yeah. But it's yeah. like it's like when your mind is perceiving something as a memory as it is happening. Yep, because your brain is just that quick and that complex. Huh? Yeah. Do you still get deja vu?s I, I get them like I used to get them a lot when I was like a lot when I was a kid. Now I get them less now. Maybe you were like on the spectrum a little bit. Uh, maybe I was psychic a little bit. Mm. How about that? The psychic spectrum. Yeah. The what about mu- you? Do the, you st- the mutant spectrum. <laughs> Do you still get them? Um, like maybe once every quarter. So like still fairly often. Yeah. Like multiple times a year. Like, but like not often enough for me to like write home about. So I guess yeah, once per quarter. Once a quarter is a funny way of putting it. It's because it doesn't happen like every month, but I know it doesn't only happen like twice a year. It's it happens a few times, yeah, and, it, yeah. and it tends to be in the most mundane moments. It just seems like a very Singaporean thing to say, like a very fiscally <laughs> yeah. responsible thing. To, yeah, I, I, I just got my Q two uh, deja vu. You hit your KPI for, for the <laughs> deja vus, <laughs> but but it's it's always something very mundane. Like I will be uh, showing my mom a menu at a cafe. Yes. And then I'll be like, oh, deja vu. Is, is yours like a purely visual deja vu? That's what, It's always visual, right? Like I've seen this before. It's it's either visual. Well, yeah, I would say it's mostly visual because that's like the first thing that kind of alerts that spidey sense, right? Right. Um, but sometimes it can also be like a feeling. Because mm. sometimes like, I don't know, like I, I, I usually relate deja vu for myself to like when when dreams repeat themselves right or like when dreams kind of like the feeling of a dream finds itself in my reality yeah but because like I, a deja vu for me is never not is never like in the matrix where that cat walks in the water that's like that's made up i don't know i've th- this might shock you but i've i've never seen the matrix in its entirety <laughs> that's so weird <laughs> have we talked about that i feel like that's something we should have talked about I, we've probably talked about it but like it's just one of those movies where when it came out i was too young to really yeah. appreciate it I know it was a huge thing, like there was a, the cartoon series and Enter the Matrix and the video game and all of that. The Animatrix, but yeah. I just kind of missed it. Wasn't it called Enter the Matrix? No, you're th- no. I don't know what you're thinking of, but it's it's the Animatrix. Uh, Enter the Matrix was the game. Okay, maybe. Um, yeah, like it was pretty much like my older brother was interested in it, and then by proxy, I was vaguely interested in it, but only enough to visually identify mm-hmm. the matrix mm-hmm. know which movies are which know the overarching plot 
but never like I don't know the details of the movie. Plus, I don't really know the story after two and three. Yeah, because you're also well after two and three, it's over. So um, yeah, I don't know the story after one. Like so, it's I just I don't know the story of two and three. I think like you yeah you fall in the age range where it's like when one came out, it was like the greatest movie. I watched it like five times before two and three came mm-hmm. out, and then two and three completely ruined it. So it's like, what to do? Oh, so it was. Bad? It's like it didn't end. It didn't end well. Oh, awfully. Oh, two and pity. three are garbage. That's a pity. Two is like really bad three is it's one of those movies where if you delve into the philosophy it kind of gets a little better sort of similar to the movie we watched last night which was also very boring right um that w- which was burning by the way i don't know if we'll talk about that probably not but yeah. one is a masterpiece for sure mm-hmm. then two and three are kind of like hot garbage kind of weird how that happens like you would think that at least the level of detail and like execution would have carried through even if the story, the narrative of the the details of the story didn't hold up. Well, it's just the Wachowskis had seemed like they had such a strong idea for one film, and then they're like, okay, now, now that we ace right. that, and they they're giving us millions to do it. What if we do all this crazy shit to it? Kind right, of a thing. Okay, I've never been a fan of the Wachowski brothers now sisters. What is it? What else did they do that I, I liked? Cloud did they Atlas, do a scanner yeah. darkly, or am I making that up? No, they. I don't think they did. I'm making that up. Sensei, <laughs> Sensei, they did. So Sensei, the Matrix, Cloud Atlas. I'm surely they've done something else. Yes, they've done. They did Cloud Atlas, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I was upset <laughs> with that movie. You don't listen to the true true. Um, Tom Hanks is the true true. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't crazy about that movie. It just seemed. I, I, I don't know. For some reason, that movie is like how I define like pretension 2000s douchiness <laughs> like if you want to if you want to do that dude right there with the big with us the big frame glasses he is so he was in 2000s douchey like if you want to if you want to if you want to distill all of the douchiness that 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 um occurred between the years 2000 and 2010 just watch cloud atlas and you'll pretty much get a very fine distillation which is weird because i think two, cloud atlas came out i'm gonna say Early 2010s. Yeah, 2013. Yeah, but you know, that's why. It's like a build-up. It's a a reflection on the decade. It's a reflection of a decade of douche. Fair. Mm -hmm. Interesting. There's just so much pretension in that. There's so much like, look at us. We're making a smart blockbuster movie of Tom Hanks. And it was like, yeah, it's really fucking boring too. Apparently the book is good. I'm sure the book is fine. It feels like it's a a story that would work better. I just think that with those movies, you really need like so much more than a big name and a bunch of like long shots. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you really need like some next level detail like um another one that i wasn't crazy about that's very similar to cloud atlas was that hugh jackman movie the fountain i never saw that one yeah and it's it seems like it has the same vibe though it's a commitment basically you really have to commit the time and attention and like a bit of like just boredom not a big fan but yeah yesterday last night john and i watched this korean movie a very critically acclaimed korean movie called mm-hmm. burning Mm-hmm. Starring um, Stephen Yoon and friends. Yeah, <laughs> Stephen Yoon and Kim something something, Yoon <laughs> something something. Uh, terrible. Uh, it was. <laughs> it was fine. I didn't have any problems with it. It was y- just... you slept surprisingly late. Yeah, given how slow it was. Yeah, yeah. I slept at like the eighty-five percent mark, which is surprising. Yeah. Um, it was beautiful. Like it was really, really well shot. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm wondering. I don't. I don't think it was a very. It was that well. Aesthetically nice, pleasing. I As in, like it was. I don't think that was the best part about the movie. Yeah, like, I don't think it was the best part. It I wasn't think. like 
mind-blowingly shot. It wasn't that exquisite. It wasn't like strikingly beautiful in the same way like other recent Korean movies have been. Yeah. I feel it was no parasite. Yeah, definitely not. But um, I, I I didn't find anything wrong with it. It just wasn't quite my cup of tea. Yeah, it wasn't any of our cups of tea, which is interesting because like, it's like it's like it's. I, I learned later that it's quite divisive, right? And it's weird that like the whole our whole house fell in the negative camp. It seemed like oh no, like I I didn't find it bad. You were at okay all. with it, yeah. I, okay. I, I was really okay with it. Like I I fallen asleep at much better movies, <laughs> but it's really just that. It wasn't quite my cup of tea, but like it was good for what it was. Yeah. Because I was thinking about it last night, and in case you haven't seen the movie, you know, maybe check it out. It's, you might like it. Um, but, you might hate it. <laughs> or maybe. Like, my main thing about it was that, like, I it just wasn't for me. Like, for, for what the story was and how mm-hmm. the mystery about this movie unfolds, mm-hmm. I think they pretty much did it, like, the, the best possible way they could I have. Feel, I feel like what they, what was great about it is that they captured all these really interesting feelings. Mm-hmm. Like, of, like, the depiction of loneliness and unfulfilled potential. And I like that it morphed. Like, it started out as, like, kind of a quirky um, romance thing. Then it yeah. kind of transitioned to, like, a thriller. Yeah. Then it's almost, like, philosophical. So, I mean, it's is it worth a watch? I don't know. It was, yeah, I don't know. I like watching movies like that that are challenging, though. You it's know? not a bad movie by it's any not a stretch movie. of the imagination. It's not, a, it's not a badly made movie, either. No. It's uh, just one of those, like, you love it or hate it. Yeah. I think a, sh- a lot of people would just be like, this is a boring mess. Not not even mess. No, sorry. People would just be like, this is boring. Yeah. There's a lot of just, like... But I didn't find it boring. I just didn't find it engaging. You know what I mean? You know, it didn't, like, have a momentum. It didn't have a drive until later on. Like, yeah. Like, okay, so this was my theory, and this is my nerdiness. I was like, okay, I was trying to apply it to, like, you know, the story circle and all that shit. I'm like, the inciting incident doesn't come until about the 45-minute mark mm-hmm. when she arrives back from Africa. Basically, when Steven Yeun's character is introduced. Mm-hmm. That's when the story starts to go, like, here's a story. Before that, it's kind of like, yeah, kind of like meandering, trying to capture this feeling, this emotion, this Han. I feel like they're trying to build up a lot of Han, you know, that whole Korean idea of, like, yeah. sadness Suffering. and stuff. Um, but, yeah, good movie-ish. <laughs> Can't really recommend it. That's how I feel. Yeah. Um I, I, yeah, I, uh, yeah, like it was very okay of me, but if you're into like, um, slightly off kilter Asian cinema, I'd 100% give it a shot. Yeah. Just because, like, it was, it was beautifully made. It just really depends on are you in the right mindset for it? Like, are you into this kind of like slower pace? Um, do you like Steven Yoon's face? God, I love his face. It's a very, he, I've, he kept it very nice for like, this one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's a good looking dude. Mm-hmm. I want him to become a star. He's a star in my heart. I want to be a full-on A-lister worldwide. Yeah. I think he's got the chops for it. Oh, for sure. He's got that appeal. Like, you just don't really... I want to watch Mayhem next. What is that? It's Steven Yeun, but it's an action movie. Ooh. Yeah. Um. So, the thing that I watched this week that kind of um, took over my life uh, was The Last Dance. Yeah, it's so funny. Did I, I talk about it on the show? I talked about it on the podcast, right? When I was watching it, basically since April, I've been hearing about it from everybody and everything. Yeah, um, but because I don't have any history with basketball, I don't really like know the game then or now. I barely even know the rules. But you, you like know that Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know that he is one of the greatest of all time. Like, I know there's a big, a big debate of like the LeBron or like the Wilt Chamberlains or you know the like when you start bringing in those no. names. I think like up until until no one can be called Jordan gr- came around. There was no, there's no after I mean, after Jordan you can debate before Jordan. No, he's the best. Like you can do the whole thing of like okay, the basketball like um what you call it 
Mount Rushmore, mm-hmm. you talk about, you know, Jordan, Bush, Julius Irving, uh, Bush, Bird, <laughs> Jordan, Magic Johnson, Bird, Julius Irving, Will Chamberlain, all those people. Yeah, they're in the conversation, but Michael Jordan is the best of all time. No problem. Okay. And then if LeBron continues, maybe, but okay. I, don't, I really haven't been following basketball lately, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't I don't follow basketball at all. The the, the closest relationship to I, had, I have with it was that when I was growing up, my brother was a fan of basketball. He right. loved the Bulls. He loved the Lakers. Um, and... We would play like NBA on the PlayStation Two, right? And that was probably like the extent of my relationship with basketball. Plus, Space Jam, it's, you know, cinematic gold, it's like a fucking classic. It's definitely up there. It's very fun that it, movie. It's a classic. Um, but yeah, this pretty much like I wouldn't say reignited because it was never there, but it ignited like a mini little passion for like this sport. That's so because, funny. That's how I get into soccer. Yeah, like I just watch. I just for me, I played FIFA. And then I watched the highlights, and I'm like, "Oh, this is fun!" And I got into it. Like, right. really into soccer. I, I don't I, see you getting into basketball, to be fair. But no, no, I, I don't. I don't foresee that this is going to take my attention for too long. But <laughs> it was just a beautiful thing to watch, and it was also a very beautifully crafted documentary. It's very well made. Like the documentary very, is incredibly well put together. Very, very well made. Maybe slightly biased because you know Michael Jordan had to approve everything that came yeah. out. Um, but still. Like, but I couldn't believe still how they really got into like the ugly side of it too, like his gambling addiction and his father's murder and all that stuff. That was really interesting. Mm-mm-mm. I I I I enjoyed it immensely. Like because growing up, I knew that Michael Jordan was like the guy, yeah. right? But I just never understood why. I never really understood how. Yeah. And then when you watch what happens, dude, like how how does one fucking person, like. It, it's 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 such a immense weight. Like, did you ever play competitive sports? Um, um, very little. Like team sports. Very little, but yeah, I right. can relate. Like when I was playing competitive rugby in secondary school, it was I didn't play for very long, but like you know, long enough to kind of get the idea of how it made me feel. Right, and it made me feel fucking anxious, man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like team sports, especially on game day, when like it's just it's you know it's gonna happen. That's why you'll never be Michael Jordan. You're on the oh, of course not. But like you're just on the field, and your opponent's right there, and you're looking at them, and like and in in like a minute's time, you're gonna be like running straight into their faces. <laughs> yeah, like. It was fucking terrifying, especially the whole concept of like being accountable to the team and like how every little thing you do is going to affect like the work of everybody else on the team. Yeah. Like if a ball is coming at you and you don't catch it, sure. You're going to have like six or seven very pissed off guys at you. And just that amount of pressure times 500 million. Yeah. Like on one person. Because sure, they, they, you know, in case you didn't know, like, sure, he was part of like a basketball team, eh. but for the most part, a lot of people went to watch him, yeah, not the team, because like they knew that without him, the team was pretty much like you know, middle of the pack, kind yeah, of situation, you know, like yeah, he carried them, and it was just so crazy. It was just so crazy to see like one person, um, uh have so much pressure and so much insanity on their shoulders and what it took to meet that level and expectation. It's pretty crazy. It it took an inhuman amount of dedication almost to the point of like pretty much sacrificing your life. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Completely everything. Um, What I loved about The Last Dance was how much it like, it showed the human side of everything and how it like 
reenacted this the big like sports events mm-hmm. through the eyes of the people that were there and stuff. Yeah, and it was cool to be like because yeah that the, that Bulls team the early nineties mid nineties Bulls team was like my team. Right. So to hear from like Tony Kukoc and Bill Paxton and Scottie Pippen and Steve Curry was that was really cool. I I loved it every time Dennis Rodman was on screen. Hey, he's a crazy guy, isn't he? I fucking love him. I love how, how and like how wise Phil Jackson till now is. Yeah, like you just hear him talking, you're like, yeah, man, I would, I, I yeah, I would follow you. Yeah, the head, that's the head coach we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Dennis Rodman, he, like I even even though I wasn't into basketball as a young person, everyone knows Dennis Rodman. I fuck it, yeah, everyone heard of Dennis Rodman in the nineties because he, yeah, he, he the guy in the Fifth Element, Kim Jong Un's best friend, Kim Jong Un's best friend, the guy with the crazy hair, the Madonna's boyfriend for a while. Yeah, like he was a just this fucking personality, but he was also a killer on the court. Yeah, yeah. he was a crazy player. He was the de- defensive player. Of the year multiple times. And like yeah. He was the rebound guy. He was His thing was like, he's the rebound guy. Yeah. Like, so in other words, like the Bulls. He like, made rebounding like sexy. A th- yeah. <laughs> but like Phil Jackson, like the Bulls hierarchy built a team around Jordan O'Connor, of course. Mm-hmm. So they had to like get these players that would do exactly the right thing. One was pass to Jordan. One was get the ball when Jordan missed, you know, that kind of shit. And then Scottie Pippen was there to like just pick up a little bit of the slack. So yeah, they built a super team. It was really great to see. Apparently, Scottie Pippen was very angry with the documentary. Oh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. It like, didn't show him in the best light. Didn't show him in the best light, and also, like, it didn't show him, like, it didn't show, like, exactly how much he contributed to that team. Yeah, which was a lot, to be fair. A but lot. I think they did a good job of being like, Scotty, because I think, I assume what he's he's annoyed about was him talking about money so much. Yeah, Maybe. and also like the whole like um, him quitting at the end of a game kind of right, thing. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. That was the thing. But I think they did a good job of being like every, everyone, especially MJ saying like Scotty deserved to be paid because yeah. it was fucked with it. I didn't realize how underpaid he was. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Wow, we're doing a real deep dive on Last Dance here. Super deep dive, yeah. yeah. Like sports. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I, I find sports. Sports. I don't follow that many sports. But, like, whenever I do dive a little deep into it, it's such a fascinating study of humanity Hmm. more than anything else. Because, right, like, I feel like when you're playing professional sports on, like, a certain level, like, a certain level of, like, superstardom, a certain level where, like, people are stopping their lives for a moment (laughs) to watch what you're going to do. That their happiness of the week depends on how well you do. Yeah, it's fucking insane. And it's so much more than just, like, playing ball or, or, like, fighting or whatever, playing tennis on a court. It's everything that goes in the prep beforehand. Mm-hmm. It's the mental focus mm-hmm. that you do before. It's like the physical dedication that you do before. It's the genetic lottery you hit to be like over six feet tall. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so many things, unless you're Muggsy Bogues. Muggsy Bogues, um, he's, like your, he's like your height. Muggsy Bogues is my height? No, I think he's shorter than, he's I think shorter he's my than height. me. He's shorter than me. He's, he's my height, I think. No, I think he's even shorter than me. He's, he's like 5'8". Yeah, he was the short one in Space Jam. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just so fascinating because there's so much that goes into being an athlete beyond just like fitness and being good at the sport. Mm-hmm. That is so fucking fascinating. And I'm going to go on like a slight other deep dive here. But like <laughs> one story that I was so fascinated by like a lot this week was this one MMA fighter named Colby Covington. Name sounds familiar. Fascinating fucking story. He is basically like, he was basically this middle of the rankings fighter Uh um, that was winning, but he didn't have any exciting rivalries. He was kind of a boring fighter. Journeyman kind of guy. Yeah, very journeyman fighter. He didn't have a big personality. 
And even though he was winning consistently, the UFC was going to fire him like maybe like two years ago. They were going to fire him two or three years ago, just let him go. Yeah. Because he wasn't doing all that much for them. Mm-hmm. So this guy, with like his fucking life on the line and his like earnings on the, on the line, he decides to commit full on to this persona, this Trump loving, like kind of <laughs> racist, basically like he became MAGA personified. You gotta find a niche, I guess. Yeah. He became MAGA personified. He became the most hated fighter on the roster, both like in and out of the ring. Like, and because it's not WWE, he he can't just break kayfabe and like be in and out of character. He had to commit to this character, like in every aspect of his life, at least in every visible aspect of his life. Yeah, and it worked. Yeah, well, it, yeah. I it mean, earned him a lot of money. I was gonna say spoiler alert. He's now ranked number two in the UFC welterweight rankings. Well, Don't it's not fuck. much of a spoiler because it's been happening for the last like few months already. Oh, I was a spoiler based on your story. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, because I've I've been following this fighter for the last few years, but I didn't know that the the bad guy that he is was it's it's pretty much all just an act because he wasn't making shit before <laughs> and now he is like one of the biggest names in the sport or at least one of the names that draws the most tickets because people hate him so much or he's such a polarizing figure that people want to see him either win or people want to see him get his ass kicked right <laughs> because like he 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 knows how to do it he knows how to do it. Like he's he, like all of his promo materials. It's just this cringy, like the worst kind of cringe ever. Jeez! But it makes it so exciting every time you see him fight. Also, he can back it up. He's a good fighter. Um, but man, yeah, it's just so interesting to see how these professional athletes they dedicate so much of their lives. It's like similar to Michael Jordan, right? Like he dedicated so much of his personal self into the sport mm-hmm. that he sacrificed a lot of his like personal relationships as well right because he was this like 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 he was cracking the whip you know dude that was a big reveal to me i was like oh because you know obviously in the 90s without the internet and stuff it's just like the polished image that jordan puts out yeah but then like oh he's a dick Uh like he's a real fucking asshole taskmaster gets in your ass yeah he gets on his own teammates ass if they're not you know pulling their weight so and so to say and i kind of love that when you see the current interviews that they have mm-hmm. with like today michael jack jordan yeah he pretty much feels like uh, the same ish guy yeah he's still just as crass he's still just as he like, doesn't you know. apologize for it yeah yeah kind of great very very interesting fucking fascinating i guess like that's that's an example of like when you're just undeniable you know yeah. like when you really get to that point in your life where you become fucking undeniable that like you can be however you want to be yeah and i like the idea that Michael Jordan was undeniable on like a global stage, mm-hmm. but like as yeah, if you can take small steps in your own life to be undeniable, that's good for you. It's just crazy. It's like, it, like I guess because in the world of sports, it's something that is so quantifiable. Mm. You know, like say in the world of say you're a poet, <laughs> you know that's going to be a lot harder. William Shakespeare, man, <laughs> Undeni- William Shakespeare, the Michael Jordan of poetry. Not a fan. Oh, hot take, <laughs> hot take. Fuck Bill. <laughs> um, but yeah, sorry about the the sports. That's okay. There. You got to do it, man. I mean, like that's the thing is, I think that the last dance is entertaining enough for anyone to pick up. Oh and watch. no, for real. Again, you know? I cannot reiterate how not much of a fan of basketball I am. I don't even know the rules. I know ball goes into basket, and most times it's two points. Sometimes <laughs> it's one. Other times it's three. That's um, pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but then again, also, if you want to give it a shot, you'll know right away if it's really not for you. If after the first 15 minutes you're not into it, then just turn it off. It's not for you. All good. Mm-hmm. 
you know what you should put on though? I guess we're kind of in recommendation territory, yeah. which is great. Fucking put on Umbrella Academy, folks. That show is the Academy. shit. Umbrella Academy season two came out on Netflix a couple days ago, and it was great. I gotta say, I wasn't a fan of season one. I thought I thought season one was good, not great. I, I it was good with the potential of greatness. Okay, like this is how little of an impression season one left on me. Before I started season two, I had to watch an extremely detailed recap because <laughs> I remembered nothing. Okay, I remembered zero. They were like, "Oh, this character killed this character." I'm like, "What?" And it's like, "This character killed oh, who the fuck was that?" Like, I just, oh, I, I just forgot like every fucking thing mm-hmm. because like my impression of season one was that it was trying to be this like weird off kilter kind of like. Like quirky superhero show with lots of personality. That's how it's written, anyway. But it didn't commit that strongly to any of the ideas. I kind of hear what you're saying. Yeah, and that, I felt that the moments that they did try to commit to those ideas, it was very like half-assed. I, I, okay, yeah, I can feel that. You know, like at least with the first season, and then now with the second season, it, it was just like a 200 percent improvement for me. I would least. say so for me, and and I and I, I, I'm gonna. This is this is a theory. This is just like a. My own personal opinion, but I think that um, it got better because of the existence of shows like Doom Patrol. <laughs> Essentially, Umbrella Academy came out at the same time as the season one of Doom Patrol. Did it really? Yeah. Okay. Um, th- I think that's also why like, I kind of forgot about it because Doom Patrol, I just found it Took so over. much more my speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But watching season two of Umbrella, I was like, oh yeah, okay. They watched season one of Doom Patrol and they figured out how to make their shit less cringy. Right. Like they essentially like stole elements of how to make their shit less cringy, like under, like by understand. Although it's not, you know, they didn't Doom Patrol didn't pioneer anything, I guess. Sure. But it's more of just like they figured out how to showcase the characters in ways that don't have to advance the plot. Yeah, you know, because so, the plot itself was of season two was very simple. <laughs> like it wasn't. Yeah, it, yeah, is but, it? It was, it was pretty. It was a fairly straightforward plot. A little time because anytime you get into time travel stuff, it gets kind of like you have to up the complex factor a little bit. Just don't think complex. about it too much. Yeah, I don't, which is <laughs> which I'm totally fine with. Yeah. Uh, but okay, for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, Umbrella Academy is on Netflix. It's about superhero family. A uh, couple, a bunch of kids who were born on the same day. Turns out they have superpower adopted by this weird dude. Um, become superheroes craziness happens yeah. uh, season 2 they get time traveled to uh, 1960s in Dallas, Texas and they have to deal with a JFK assassination and I love anything to do with JFK assassination mm-hmm. 11-22-63 that Stephen King uh, book that got turned into a miniseries mm-hmm. great with James Franco yeah um, yeah this was so good like um, the the acting is really good Every, everything's really good. Now, you could, you could argue about... <laughs> Reviewed. Yeah, pretty much. Everything's good, John. Uh, like and subscribe. This is my YouTube channel. Um, but, like, god damn, this, this show was so cool. Like, well shot. Mm-hmm. Like, it had so much style. Yeah. That, that's the one thing that I wish about um, Doom Patrol is that I wish they had, they had um, yeah, the Umbrella Academy's budget. It's a little blah. Like... Doom Patrol, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish they had Umbrella Academy's budget because, like, everything about Doom Patrol has so much heart, but you just know sometimes that they 
don't have the budget cheap. to yeah. execute shit. Yeah, sometimes the costumes Does look, it look cheap and all that. Better or worse than the, it looks? I mean, Doom Patrol looks better than like Flash and Arrow and all that shit. Oh yeah, definitely. It looks a lot better, but only because they they know how to use their limited budget well. Yeah, plus they have half the amount of sh- episodes, I guess. So yeah, they don't like they don't stretch it too thin. But yeah, I was a huge fan of this season. Like so it good. was it was much better paced. Like the characters were a lot more interesting. Um, it was kind of if you think about it beat for beat it was kind of like a retelling of the first season so it was almost mm-hmm. like a restart actually it really was yeah it's almost like a hey so we've kind of fucked season one up let's try again same story different kind of situation yeah but which is interesting because the comics i think i don't know how closely it stays to it but it's definitely based on the comics right like the first comic is called umbrella uh sorry uh, apocalypse suite right and the second one's just called dallas right so it's like okay so it was pre-planned I don't. I don't follow the story. Uh, the, poetry the comics. rhymes. <laughs> I don't follow the comics, but um, yeah. Like okay, honestly, if if not for like COVID giving us not much else to do, um, I I probably wouldn't have watched season two because I was just so not down with season one. Yeah, what made you start it? By the way, because it's weird because we watched it independent of each other. Yeah. It like, was really just because there's nothing else to watch. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> there's nothing else to watch. I, and like, I was like, oh, I remember watching season one. I also remember nothing about it. Like, this is how little I remembered. Yeah. I accidentally just pressed play on Umbrella Academy, and I was halfway through the episode one of season you, one. Yes. Before that, I realized That was it. so funny. No wonder. I turned on my Netflix. Oh, would you watch on my account? I don't know. On but, mine. Okay, okay. Never mind. Because, yeah. yeah, I was like, I opened my account. I'm like, why is this in the middle of a random place? That Never mind. But yeah, so you were watching halfway yeah. through episode one being like, oh, this isn't season two. Yeah, I was halfway through season one, episode one before going like, wait, I I've know seen this before. Deja vu. <laughs> but season two really grabs you by the balls. Like as mm-hmm. soon as they start, mm-hmm. like that whole sequence in like the apocalypse, like the current apocalypse at the start and yes. showing the Umbrella Academy members with their full powers. It's really kind of cool. I'm a fan. And, like, everyone's grown into their characters. Like, everyone's characters evolved a bit, and they've yeah. grown into it. The only real disappointment for me is the girl who plays, I don't even know, Allison, the 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 rumor chick. Oh, rumor chick. Why? I feel like the cast is so stellar. Like, in particular, the kid who plays was it because number five. Her, was it because you don't agree with her storyline? Yeah. Too current? Dude, black lives don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know. Or maybe Rachel's just brainwashing me because she was like, oh, the cast is so good except for her. And I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe. I liked her. She's okay. <laughs> but the rest of the cast is like, I love them. Like, I love... I'm not a fan of Robert Sheehan in this show. Oh, no? I think no. I think Robert Sheehan, you have to love or hate. Because this is his. St- this is what he does. This is all he does. That's the thing about it. Yeah. It's because I've seen him do it too many times. You've seen Misfits. And especially... Too many times in what? <laughs> like, so many other things. Like, that fucking... No, my thing is, like, Mortal what the hell Instruments. else have you seen? Okay, I've not seen Mortal Instruments. That's the thing. Um, that... Geostorm? I've seen him in Geostorm, <laughs> Misfits, and this. Yeah. Um, I forgot. What, uh, he was in another thing, playing a fairly minor character. Anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah. It's only because he's done this before, and he's done it better in Misfits. Interesting. So it's like... I'm watching a retread of the same character, except it's in an American accent. And also, like, I don't know. Like, it feels like this character is, his character at least, was not was the least strongly defined one. He was only defined by, like, his characteristics and, like, his, his kind of, like, idiosyncrasies. I didn't yeah, like really lean to it. Like, his character is just a cre- weird guy. Well, more so, like, his character is more of just, like, this cowardly dude, you know? Right. that Like, a selfish, cowardly dude. And it's like, okay. But I like that he's got his But I want to see stuff. more. I like, like the stuff with Dave. 
And I, but yeah, to be fair, I like where he was at the end of the season. Like, I like his progression to actually take up the mantle to like be a hero a little bit, you know? Yeah. But I, for me, it was a little one note. It was like his character didn't progress yeah, much. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of one note. Like, but I, I love the stuff with Dave. That stuff was really quite... Okay, the stuff with Dave in the first season was very powerful. Which one's Dave again? So Dave is his friend who went to Vietnam. His, his, his friend, air quotes. Uh, oh, his right. His lover yeah. who died in Vietnam when he yes. got sent to Vietnam yes. in the first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a good series. Highly recommend. Can't wait for season three. Bring it on. Ellen Page is weird. Ellen Page still has the body of a 14-year-old, but like... Wait, also, when is Umbra- Umbrella Academy set? The current season? Like, it was. it's set in modern day, right? The first season? Yeah, the first one's in 2019. Then how did... How does Robert Sheehan fight in For Vietnam? whatever reason, he got sent back in time in season one. Got it. He was in the 60s for a while. Got it. Came back to 2019. Then they all got sent to the 60s. Got it. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All I right. love time travel stuff, by the way. I love time travel stuff. It's very fun. There's not enough of it. Yeah, more. <laughs> um... What, what what else have you been like getting into? I see that you're 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 still playing uh, Sushi Mama, dude. Sushi Mama goes on and on, and this, it's in the best way possible. The long-awaited sequel of Cooking Mama. Man, I loved Last of Us too, uh-huh. but this is my favorite game of the year. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't want to hype you up too much because it's I mean it's your game and you're gonna play it. Rachel's my girlfriend's playing it right now. That's uh-huh. how much she's into it. Uh-huh. Oh, we're into it. It's a great game. I still think it fetishizes Japanese culture a lot, but it's so good. <laughs> It's so the, satisfying. The fucking things that we have to think about in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine, like, if you if you had played this game on your PlayStation 1, like, uh, like when you're a child? It was just blown your mind, yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't be asking questions like, is this fetishizing Japanese culture? Too but much? I think that's a good thing, Nathan. I think it's a good thing to think about these things. I suppose. I don't think anyone's talking about that, by the way. I think people are just kind of into it, but... Oh, I guarantee you someone's talking about it. Oh, probably. <laughs> if it's a thought that crossed your mind, there's probably a whole Facebook page for it. Let me just search up. Boycott Ghost, Tsushima. Ghost of, go, let me let me Google Ghosts of Tsushima, which I can't spell. Offensive. Let's see what comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't played either of those games, Ghost of Tsushima, nor The Last of Us 2. Oh, yep. There's a lot. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> but yeah, I still haven't played either of those games. Damn it. I've just been playing Bejeweled on my phone. Hey, man, you got to do what you got to do to get through life, man. <laughs> it's also been like a oddly busy week because I'm wrapping up production stuff for a Chinese EP. Yeah, man. And um, also uh, NDP is ne- is this week. Uh, yes. All the, all the re- rehearsals are finally over. The last few weeks have been an onslaught of like rehearsals random rehearsals like media days and interviews and all that shit so what is ndp going to be like this year like what is the national day parade for those of you not from singapore the song and dance aspect of it is going to happen at the star theater and is going to be filmed and broadcast that's a great stage is it um, a great stage it seems like a great stage it's a nice theater yeah, yeah. it's a nice theater nice big backstage um all of the army stuff like you know the tanks and the and the uh, brigades cars <laughs> words are. guns yeah like the, yeah. the people walking with the guns and all that uh, that's gonna happen in the Padang mm-hmm. again no audience and it's gonna be filmed alright uh, and there's gonna be fireworks like in 10 different spots all over Singapore oh that's cool so they maximize the number of people that will be able to see it cool um, but uh, yeah that's that's the big difference I guess it's just gonna be happening in different locations so it's not gonna be like a thousand people in one place and there's no audience for any of it. Yeah. I think the only 
aspect of it that ha- that will have an audience is the song and dance bit, like the part that I'm in. Mm-hmm. But even then, the audience is like mostly government people, fellow performers. Okay, no, no, it's like government people, right. it's like MPs and shit like that. But um, yeah. Well, it's, maybe it'll be more polished. I don't know. I hope so. I really don't know. Like, it's a big experiment, I think. And I'm curious to see how it turns out. I'm just happy that, like, there's no more unexpected rehearsals because we've done them all. <laughs> we've done everything that we've had to do already. And now it's just, yeah, game okay, time man. on Sunday. Thank you. Thank you for your service, Nathan, yeah. to the country. <laughs> <laughs> God. And then after that, that's when you're going to start playing Ghost of Shijima? No, because then it's crunch time for, like, because right now we're, we're wrapping up the production stuff for the Chinese EP. Uh, yeah, yeah. NDP is over. We're going to have to go into, like, crunch mode for, like, all the other elements of it, like the visual elements, like, you know, everything that goes yeah, behind being that. Being busy is good. Um, yeah, but also, like, being completely free is nice. Do you think you're going to take a break from music after this EP, after the American stuff, the English stuff comes out? I'm not sure. It feels like, I, it, I, it I feels don't like think, you're gearing up to it. I don't think I'm going to take a break from music, but I think I might. I, I've never really taken a proper vacation. Like... Not really, really. What do you mean? Like, I'm not going to work for X amount of More weeks, like, months? I've never taken, like, a me trip where yeah. I just go somewhere Yeah. with the sole purpose of not doing anything except maybe, like, just my own creation. Like, giving sure. space, basically. Like, you know, one of those, like, find yourself trips. Yeah, yeah, those are something, great. Something like that. I have never done that before. Like, Have I done one of those? I've, I've I never know. done it. I've done. I've I've gone on trips where I like. I feel like I satisfy that need. A lot of times when I go to New York, for example, like I go there for an right. improv class, but also I'm just like Mm-mm-mm. being by myself, wandering around. I would say the last time I satisfied that need was like on the tail end of my trip to Nepal, uh-huh. which was that building trip. Yeah, but even then, it was only three days. That's not enough. Yeah, it was only three days that I had to myself. I'm thinking of having a trip like that. You know, not anytime soon but you know once travel clears up sure but to have a trip like that for an extended period of time what, what, do, you call, what, what, what do you call that like a sabbatical i get i guess it's, so like something that is gonna make me disappear for like at least a month i think that's just called traveling yeah <laughs> <laughs> because like because like before when i used to do that kind of stuff it, it, like if i take a vacation it'll be either with family yeah. or like with my significant other at the time yeah and you know some like that Ugh. <laughs> specifically just goes to shit sometimes a trip with a significant other can't really be called a vacation (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's a bit stressful yeah it can be it can be very stressful uh, especially if like you know um your significant other has a different travel style to you fighting on holidays just like what's even 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 if she doesn't or he doesn't they um, doesn't even if they doesn't um traveling with someone could also be this constant need to like like fulfill an expectation mm-hmm. or like to, 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 you know, always have it be f- interesting and fun when I kind of want to have a trip to myself where I just kind of be, yeah, you know? And then would you like visit people or would you specifically go to places where you don't, or go to places and just not say hi to friends that are there? Yeah. Maybe a bit of both. Yeah. I think it'd be, it'd be nice good, to have a bit of both. Balance. Right. But like, yeah, I've just, I've, I've realized I'm 29 fucking years old and I've never taken a trip like that. You should. Yeah. I support it. Yeah. I was going to say, I'd go with you, but that, that kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, I don't But that's how in support to. of it, in support, <laughs> in support of it, I am. You stay the fuck away from my trip. I'll, I'll go opposite direction from you. How about that? Uh, but yeah, no, because I've been craving the same sort of thing too. Like, it's, it's so weird, but the idea of like walking around without like a real aim mm-hmm. seems really appealing to me right now. 
I just need a fucking like disruption, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that really helps, especially in the creative process, to be disrupted, to be uncomfortable, to be in a place where you need to think about decompressing, and yeah. it's like decompressing and then getting more inspired, you know. For sure, because for sure you'd go to things that you love. You would see music, you would see shows, and mm-hmm. you would get inspired, mm-hmm. see art, and just eat food. Yeah, sometimes it's even just like the real solitude. Yeah, like I fucking love that shit. Like when I know that I am actually by myself. Yeah. That's honestly one of the things that I kind of miss about like um, traveling for work mm. because like I'm just in a fucking hotel room unless I, I, I choke myself out and die. No one's going to come look for me. Not really. Do a Keith Carradine. Yeah, exactly. Carradine? David. Carradine. <laughs> yeah. Like I, 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 I just wander around by like in between meetings and work and shows and shit when I'm working overseas. I would just be by myself in a city that I don't know very yeah, well. Yeah, legit, just walking around, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the appeal of street photography for me, too, is just kind of like getting lost. Yeah. For me, it's really just like this space, mm. you know, that like there's nobody to really be accountable to for a while. Of course, you still got to pick up your phone and reply messages and shit. <laughs> but, you know, like you don't have to be anywhere. Like it's it's a nice feeling. It's a good like, pace. I kind of miss that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know where I'd go. Why don't you um, just throw a map, a dart at the map? Throw a dart at the map. I've never, I've never. Then you end up going to the Pacific Ocean, just mm. statistically speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like a Euro. It sounds like a Euro trip. What does that sound like to you? It sounds like a Euro trip. Eh. Or I'm, I'm, if you're going for solitude, yeah, it sounds like Nepal, like kind of a place. Or like a Euro trip is kind of like sure, I guess. Eh, I don't know. Um, but like, you don't want an eventful trip, right? It doesn't have to be. It just has to be like a place where I I I feel like I can just explore. So yeah, I guess I f- it could be anywhere. Really. Yeah, I, I feel like to me that sounds like picking one interesting location you've never been to and just exploring, the, like living there. Sao Paulo. I was thinking like Spain, but yeah, yeah, not Sao Paulo. That's just dirty and scary. Yeah, with the favelas, Rio de Janeiro. I would go to Ireland. I would just. I've been to Ireland. I've been to Dublin once. Yeah. It's very small. Yeah, I've du- heard that too. Dublin is very small, but the cliffs nearby are beautiful. Yeah, I would just go cycling. I've I've always wanted to go to Sao Paulo though, or just I've no sorry, not Sao Paulo, just Brazil. Mm. Because I I've never been. I have no understanding of the place. You know, I, I barely like understand its culture. Weirdly, people would think you were a local there. Oh, the, an, uh, another reason why is because I have a shit ton of family in Brazil. What the fuck? Wait, yeah, why? Like my, my, my mom's cousin, like her entire family moved there in like the 70s or some shit. Oh, why? Business? Um, what? No, fortune teller. What? <laughs> yeah. They moved there because a fortune teller told them to? Yeah. Pretty, he, like this guy, he pretty much uprooted his entire family because a fortune teller said, go to Brazil and you will find your fortunes. And surely enough, two generations later, he has a whole big family with like generations. <laughs> that, was, that was so funny. Like, and two generations later, they all live on the streets. <laughs> no, he's the like a full on family, full on family. They, have, they, they gave birth to two generations, um, like. 75% of them are doctors like a bunch of them they have a farm and like wow. yeah they, they've got themselves a pretty interesting like, life do you know there. these relatives or are they kind of just abstract ideas um my parents my mom is in contact with them right. over like a whatsapp group huh and I think they've come to see me perform once <laughs> sorry this is your mom's brother Mom's no, my cousin. mom's cousin. Okay, so like your second cousins, they would be. They're not super far away from us, like in terms of the family tree. But yeah, I've just never met them properly. They don't speak English. They yeah. don't. They they speak a bit of Indonesian, but it's mostly Portuguese. Portuguese. Um, but yeah, 
I've always been so fascinated by that place. Also because like Brazil is like they produce some of the craziest MMA fighters. Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll fucking Just learn jujitsu. Yeah, in Rio. I'll join a jujitsu. Um... You can go smaller and learn Muay Thai <laughs> in Thailand. Like just proximity. But wise. Muay Thai is going to hurt machines. <laughs> it's going to make machines all jujitsu pain. will hurt your ego. Um, yeah. That sounds interesting. I don't like it when I hit my shins on things. Yeah, me too. Like walking into desks. Yeah, like when I hit a fucking coffee table with my shin, I'm out for like an hour. (laughs) And just the other day I was talking to this guy that trains in Muay Thai and he's like, like, if I hit your shin, do you feel anything anymore? He's like, no, no. Like that's, it's it's jagged as fuck. What is it? Is it like? Calcified. Yeah, it's like you break the bone a little bit and then it heals and it gets harder. Is that how you Pretty do? much. It's just like a, it's it like just layers up. Trees? It just keeps layering up. So it's imagine almost it. like the side of a rocky mountain. It's not worth it. Or is it the most worth it thing ever? Because then your fucking leg is a weapon. Yeah, but Essentially, so is- it's it's like almost like if, if you ignore like the four years of pain that you have to go through. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> like you're essentially turning everything from your knee down into like a crowbar. I'd rather just Learn how to shoot guns like John Wick. Or buy a crowbar. Then my gun is a weapon. I guess. Or buy a crowbar. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's 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 a thing that I've kind of been like flirting with recently. Like, crowbars? No, but like martial arts training. Yeah. Just what do you mean because, flirting with? Like to really commit like, hey, guy. I, I, like walk into a gym and be like, hey, guy. Make me into a weapon. Yeah. And um, I want to be able to kill a man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically, just go, here's my money. Here's two years of my time or something like that. Just- Honestly, dude, if I made a little bit more money, like if I had a little bit more income, I would be doing jujitsu. Yeah. Like, I think it's a good thing to pick up. Like, in terms of like, I like the strategic element of it, right. I-, I assume. Right. Uh, I think it'd be fun. My main thing in martial arts is I don't like the rules of fighting. So you would use a crowbar, is what you're saying? Well, it's, I mean, it's like if I want to take this guy if, out, why don't I just fish hook him? If given the chance, sure. What but do you think of, fish hooking feels like? Why do you think that's banned? Do you think that just ruins your mouth? Um, I have no idea why that's banned because it, it doesn't seem that crazy. I don't know, man. Gangs of New York, someone got fish hooked. You know that movie? Uh, and it looked pretty bad. I think. Do you do that one or two fingers? Uh, I think you, or all four. Fish hooking, from what I understand, is you stick your fin- finger or fingers in someone's like cheek and like rip it out or some shit. Like you rip, I think you rip like the like you give them a joker basically. I think yeah. with your fingers. That sounds possible. That sounds pretty bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I, the, the thing about martial arts is there's so many rules. Like, why can't you just like headbutt someone, bite them? You know, D- Dan sounds like you want to do Krav Maga because <laughs> that's what Krav Maga is all about. It's like I think they have a cast and just shooting guns. It's like you get and, the Glock and, and, and you, biting. You get the Glock and you must push them. Ooh. With the elbow. I don't know. But yeah. I mean, I grew up doing Taekwondo and I do sometimes kind of miss like doing martial arts. It's very fun. There's a Taekwondo school around the corner. I couldn't do Taekwondo. You can't, if you're over 12 years old, you cannot do Taekwondo. Oh, yeah? If you're over 12, you better be a black belt. Or else that's just embarrassing. Right. Got it. Got it. But I mean, I mean, come come at me, I guess. But like, (laughs) I want to use like, I want to do more functional martial art. Right. That if I got to a scrap, I could use. Mm. So like jujitsu. Jiu-jitsu. Yeah. I'm curious. Just like the discipline of it, I think I, I need that in my life. Like I think I am going, I'm getting further and further away from that, like the less and less structured my life becomes. You're having less honor? Just less, just like, I feel like it, it, if I committed myself to something that required a 
intense level of discipline. Because, like, honestly, of the arts with music, yes, you do require a certain level of work ethic. Yeah, but it's very like open, kind of like yeah, in the sense that like discipline is not the end all be all because like, it will help and it will like increase your game so much sure, more in any sure. kind of creation. But it's not entirely necessary because sometimes like life kind of just inspires you in like. See, I think the a problem, burst. Nathan, I think is that you didn't go to real NS. Right. That's what I think you're missing. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Can you re-enlist? Enlist? <laughs> Can you redo it? I don't know. But I kind of got a, a taste of that, like, physical regimentation when I was, like, in the rugby team. Regimentation? Regimentation. Like, when I was in the rugby team. Yeah. And, like, we would go on these camps that were essentially, like, army camps. Like, mm-hmm. wake up at 4.30 in like the morning. Boot camp. Run around a fucking island. Like, what island? Sentosa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right, Sentosa. Um, like, like it, it was just just intense physical sure. um, regimentation. <laughs> I don't know the words. It's hard, right? Yeah, but um, I think I'm missing that in my life. I think I need more of that in my life. I, I, I think it bleeds into the other aspects of, of of your life, and it's something that I'm craving, something that I really want right now. Do it, man. Sign up. Mm-hmm. You want me to do it with you? I'll do it with you. I, I, I or you do it solo. I haven't quite picked a thing yet, but Come on, it, man. Would, it would probably be it would probably be like either jujitsu or like just a. I did the research already. A very what do you call it? Like a blanket mixed martial arts kind of situation, oh, like Southeast with Asian striking, martial arts, like with striking involved as well. See, that's the thing. I, I like striking, so that's the thing that keeps me from doing, like just straight up just joining jujitsu. Is that I like that? I like striking. I like punching and striking things. Mm-hmm. So there's like the Southeast Asian stuff, like like uh, kali and stuff. There's also Muay Thai. Yeah. Maybe. Hey, if you if you know a gym that can sponsor us, Nathan and I will do it. We'll create content for you. That sounds like a lot of commitment and scheduling. A fit and guy and a fat guy. <laughs> learning Muay Thai. It seems like a lot of commitment. Come on, that's great. And scheduling and that is difficult to do. Learning Muay Thai. Like it's 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 yeah. hard enough to schedule this recording. That yeah. I feel like it's it's I, I just I'm just gonna like just go to the gym. Try I'm, it out for a few months. Do it. Just do it. Yeah. Do it, you pussy. Yeah. That's mean. I don't mean to say that. All right. At this point, I think it's time to dive into those. Uh, we got three questions, was it? We got a bunch. We got a, couple, we got a bunch of questions from our Instagram live hangout people. Yeah. Hello. Okay. So um, this first question that I'm going to read is literally. It's just smooth transition. It look, it, that transition was so rough, it feels like it's edited. But literally, it's going to get smoother. So oh, wow. smear some peanut butter on that. Because this, oh. this next question. What is the smoothest material? From Tripper C. Um bounces off what you just said hey have you guys considered starting a youtube channel huh. you can call it the john nathan experience and rival the benzie project that is a great title yes john thoughts my thoughts is that i part of me feels like i missed the boat on that part of me feels like what you're too busy for that what, in what sense and part did of you me thinks i boat? should just do that in what sense did you miss the boat i don't know like how often do you hear of new youtube channels like it's like like every week. Oh fuck! Never mind. <laughs> okay, so like I fall in love with a new channel like at least like once or twice a month. A channel that just came out. Yeah, oh. or like a channel that has only been around for like a year or six months. Okay, so my idea back in the early days of Good Hang was like if it took off, I would I would have liked to make it a YouTube thing mm-hmm. and just do stuff like hang out and do stuff and try interesting things and have our quirky comedy shit to go with it. Mm-hmm. Would, does that sound interesting to you still? <laughs> So here's the thing. I was down with it from the very early stages of us doing this show, but 
it became kind of clear after a while that mm. like it was because scheduling just the recording alone to be fair was was difficult yeah so it was almost like man i don't know if i want to like commit to doing like a full youtube project because then like, i feel like the scheduling for that would need to be a lot more intensive yeah and like yeah it was just one of those things where like um i was willing and down but only if like you were willing and down see the thing and is, it didn't seem like you were like that committed to the idea the thing is that like i i'm always like okay first of all i feel like especially when i was younger yeah i really struggle with that i struggle with follow-through and mm-hmm. commitment to stuff oh big time yeah so it's like <laughs> I'm getting to the place where I can start turning that around, but yeah, I don't know. Because I remember it was one of those things where like you brought it up, and I was like, "Yeah, man, I'm down. Let me know like what you want to do." And then like six months later, <laughs> and it was kind of like, "All right, fine." Um, but yeah, like I'm, I mean, okay. So you're saying Nathan, and we're gonna see it on the thing. If I got like if I got my producer hat on and booked stuff and made it fiscally real, would you commit to doing like a ten episode good hang YouTube thing? Oh yeah, of course. Damn it. No, I mean, great. Okay, good. <laughs> it was the same answer when you pitched it and, and we talked about it four years, four years ago. <laughs> it is like the same answer. Literally the same answer. It was just that like no groundwork was ever made on it. Yeah, that's the problem with me. Though. I was like, it's like if, I, if I'm overwhelmed by the concept of doing something, I don't do it. And that's shitty. That's a shitty way to be. What do you think that is? I never had to like do it, I guess. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I could delve into learning how to do it. But like... Do you think it's like a fear of failure thing? I think possibly. Mm-hmm. But I think what it is, and it's a real character flaw, is that I love doing the things I'm good at and I hate doing the things I suck at. That's a fear of failure thing. I guess so. Yeah, super. Because yeah. then it's like, if I commit all this time and effort into doing this thing and then it doesn't come out the way it is, then like it's wasted. And then almost like that, that pressure and that whole concept of attacking this gargantuan thing suddenly becomes scary and then starting it even just seems insane yeah when really like what i found helps so much and i've i've kind of always maintained this stance it's just if you want to fucking do something just start it it sounds like very mm-hmm. basic like no duh but it's, it's it's very hard it's pretty much the answer it's, to the question like yeah. you pretty much just need to start until the thing is fucking done and like sometimes that process can be so blinding that you won't even like remember it. Like by the time you're done, it's like, oh fuck! Like it's been two months, and I've sunk so much time and stuff into it. But then, oh, it's done. And like, there is no better feeling than like having a thing done. Maybe in two years you watch it back and realize that it sucks. But like, there's never a time where I have engaged in that process and not felt grateful for the process. Yeah, I maybe, agree with maybe, that. Maybe the end product that came out, like I'll look back on it years later and be like, oh, that could have been better, that could have been better. But I'll never look back at the process and go like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. It's always like, eh, yeah, nice. See, my thing is always, I look at like, I'm good at looking at things that people do, mm-hmm. no matter how shitty it is, and I'm always like, man, at least you did something. Mm-hmm. So that's something I need to like turn around and put on me. Like, yeah. I, I, at least I did something. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe it is a fear of failure. Mm-hmm. But okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks, random... Instagram, you've inspired me. <laughs> All right, next question. Wait, hold on, really quick. Let's stay on this. Yes. And because we're on, we might as well talk about it now. So, like, if you were to do video content, what kind of shit would you like to do? Say, say it's the I'll, Good I'll, Hang I'll, Show I'll or repeat, the John Nathan experience. I'll repeat the pitch that I gave to you three and a half years ago. Good, because I don't remember. That hasn't changed. It would essentially be like the Good Hang whatever channeled good hang project yeah. the good hang video whatever yeah, yeah yeah and then underneath that we would have different shows 
One would be focused on something food related. Food. One would be focused on something more lifestyle related. Okay. And one would be focused on something video game related. And it will be respectively be called um, uh, good food, good try, and good um, something. Like, I'm so I'm making notes, or I'm going to listen back uh, to again. Song. I've told you this I know, three and a half years ago, but now I'm ready. In my <laughs> early thirties, I, I was a lazy. I bum. pitched all of this because like I was like, yeah, man, I'm super down. So like I I, I remember thinking about all these things of like, okay, we like. Um, good try, good uh, eat, good um, good good game. Oh, we'd have to fight Alton Brown for good eat. Uh, okay, fine, like whatever. It'll be like, but you know, but yes, it'll be like our brand, good something, <laughs> and then like um, uh, um, good game, whatever. And it would mostly just center around, yeah, just like that kind of random shit that we are generally inclined to. For the food show, I was thinking of two possibilities: either we go to a place. And we try a thing that is that comes highly recommended or something that we know and love. Yep. And then we come back home and try have a competition it. and try to recreate it. Who can it. make it better? Okay, cool. And basically, end of a blind taste test. Um, or it could just be like more general food things, like think up a recipe and just make it. Although I don't see how that would be interesting without the interactive edge. And for, yeah, the good try stuff, it would just be like, go to a place and do a thing. Like a challenge? Full stop. <laughs> no, like, like go... Um, to a butcher and learn how to take apart a, a pig <laughs> or that is pretty cool. or go to a reverse bungee place or something i don't know whatever it is but basically like um very inspired by like those conan remote city does good try good game good eats good 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 grub <laughs> something along those lines okay. but yeah that was that was kind of like the idea back when we were talking about it about like oh if we did do youtube content what would be what would that be like it would definitely be more structured it would definitely be more consumer friendly yeah um because as much as i love this podcast i wouldn't say it's like consumer friendly Not yeah really. it's very niche it's very, like very what niche. we do here Super okay niche. so okay if that's if this is weird this, this is something i feel like we should be talking about the podcast because now i'm getting hyped <laughs> and like now i'm like thinking back like difference where i was back in the day and where now I you're just now. building up the disappointment for no, the no, listeners no no no, 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 no listen, so that's why i wanted to put on here that i have accountability I'm pretty sure we've spoken about this on the show as well. Yeah, but there's new listeners, you know. <laughs> okay. All right. I will look into it. I promise. Um, cool. Next question then. Okay. Next question. Going to take a very sharp left turn. Because also the survey had like a bunch of people asking for video content. So that, that's been on my mind. Yeah. But let's take the sharp left turn. Okay. The sharp left turn is, I know this is a very random question, but what do you guys think about circumcision? Do you guys think it's a mandatory thing to do for dot dot dot? The question kind of I can't I can't finish it um, because it it's not complete. <laughs> oh, is so it a specific person? I can't see the rest of it. Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> but I'm guessing, yeah. Um, Just thoughts on circumcision. what do you think about circumcision? And do you think it's a mandatory thing? I guess the first thing is to answer if we are circumcised. I'll say yes, I am. I'm not. Whoa! High five for both sides of the spectrum. Good point. <laughs> I have a pretty weird experience in that I got circumcised quite late. Oh. Yeah, I was 14. Ugh. Yeah, I remember everything. Fuck, that's like when you have a soul. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know if it's my parents or if it's an Asian, oh, Filipino thing. I'm not sure. Catholic? But it's, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a priest who did it. I always thought Catholics did it when they were babies. Wasn't that, isn't that Jewish people? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Is that the bris, right? A bris. I thought a bris is like a cat. It's a Jewish thing? Yeah, a bris is when... Yeah, a bris is definitely a Jewish thing. Oh, okay, got it. But yeah, I don't know why, but I distinctly remember it in my mind having foreskin and then not having it. And I remember having to walk around right after I got their operation. What, were those, what was that first... That was that, what it was, was that painful. first week like? It was achy. 
Jesus Christ. It wasn't even... You had to, like, go to school and shit? Yeah, I had to, like, wobble. Uh, Did you have to, like, walk with your legs spread open? To be honest, I think I did it during summer break. Uh, But I definitely remember going to, like... Like a, this was in the Philippines. So I remember going to like a cousin get together, oh. and everyone was like, "What's wrong, John?" And then my mom was like whispering, and they're like, "Oh, <laughs> low five. I'm like, "Fuck off." <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, How? I don't know. I can talk about the signs and everything. I don't know. I don't know. Um, here's my take on it. <laughs> if you're not, um, you require an extra level of discipline to make sure that Cleanliness. shit is kept clean yeah you gotta like unfold it i remember that whole thing yeah because here's the thing my parents taught taught me none of this zero <laughs> my parents told me none of this yeah. i grew up for the longest time just being like well my dick looked different from the porno people <laughs> like legit <laughs> what's wrong with me <laughs> it's true that all dude very rarely do you i mean it's become more of a thing but for sure 98 percent of the dicks i've seen in porn have been circumcised yeah Pretty much. Yeah. I really, really... Like, man, sex education is so fucking important because then your kids don't just, like, you know, spend, a f- like, months or years... Feeling shit about their... Ex- Mostly just floundering in confusion. Is it dick cancer? <laughs> Do I have dick cancer? <laughs> I have a weird dick. But, um... Yeah, like, I, not, like very little was taught to me in terms of, like... I'm sorry if this is going to get gross, but, yeah, you need to, like, maintain it. You need to, like, clean it because, like, the whole point of circumcision is so that you don't have to do that. Yeah. Um, but then there's arguments of like, oh, if you get circumcised, it, it, it affects sensitivity. Um, it kills the nerves in there and blah, blah, blah. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. I guess you, the only person who would know is someone that got circumcised much later in life. Like me. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, I did not have sex with my uncircumcised penis. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I say go for it. <laughs> I support you. No, okay. okay, here's the thing. I don't understand why this question was asked. Or no, more that's so okay. Like, Let's not make them feel bad. I know, I know, but they more so, to... like, what are we supposed to say? Are they seeking advice? What do you think what, what about it? What do you think about it? What do you, what think, do you about think about it? it? Do you I think, think it's normal either way. Do you guys think it's a mandatory thing to do? Well, no. No, definitely not. Nothing's really mandatory when it comes to your own body. Um, except for cutting the umbilical cord, which, you know, even then, maybe even this, then. yeah, it just wears out. Yeah. Um, but man, I don't know. Like it's, <laughs> it is, if it's not, then okay. Okay. I think the question here is, yeah, I'm just going to postulate mm-hmm. is that should guys who don't have circumcised penises feel bad about it and feel weird about it? Because I think. What this is person, the norm is circumcised. I think that's what this person is. By yeah, the way, I think that's what this person is asking. Is yeah. that like the pop culture norm is for penises to look like mushrooms? Yeah, you know when you draw a cartoon penis. Yeah, it's always like two it balls, has, a shaft, and like a mushroom. Never head. has a turtleneck. Yeah, but like when you have an uncircumcised penis, it just it just it looks like a like a person in a clan hood, I mm. guess. You know, sure. Or like a, a very loose beanie. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how much foreskin there is, I guess, yeah. is also. Yeah. Could look like a turban. Uh-huh. But, um, uh, what was I saying? Just clothing articles, I think you were saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think that what we're trying to say is that you don't have to feel bad, you know, like bodies look the way they do and like parents make the choices that they do when you're a kid. The science behind it, I've heard arguments on both sides. Yeah. People saying that, you know, you should like 
it shouldn't be a mandatory thing. It shouldn't be a religious thing. Like you shouldn't just cut off the foreskin of a baby that doesn't have the choice to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know. But know. but I would say that if you have like like a, a foreskin, just you know, take care of your business. Yes, peel that shit back. Reveal the clean it. <laughs> it's just an added level of discipline that you need to have for yourself. You know? There you go. Maybe that's why you're the key to your discipline. Yeah, and it's kind of nice to like have because <laughs> your dick will fall off. It's kind of nice to have that like extra thing to. Okay, yeah, maybe not nice, but you know, it's it's crucial to your development as an adult to have another thing to think about you know before you use it but you, it needs to be clean <laughs> sure yeah you know so you gotta tune it up every once in a while yeah and unlike those lazy circumcised dicks they just leave them <laughs> fucking can like, i just say the procedure when i went through it was like not near it was just me a dude and a curtain like there was it was no operating theater it's making me very upset no, but it's like it's a very simple procedure. It takes yeah, like I know, minutes. but now I'm just thinking that what he did was just pull it and then cut it cut, with a pair of scissors. Cut, roll it back, stitch it. That's all it was. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's what. That's what it is. Uh, yeah, it is pretty weird. How was the? What was the? Um. Uh. The anesthesia situation. I think it was just local. Like a ointment. He shot up my dick. I think it was an ointment, then an injection, then he just went for like it. On your, uh, I was okay, definitely again, not knocked out. I apologize if you're a squeamish listener. I apologize if you don't care for... I apologize if you have to picture my penis right now. For locker room talk. <laughs> um, or you have your children just wandering around. But is it anesthetized? Is like, do they anesthetize like, the skin or like the, the penis itself? The gland? No, I think it's just the skin. Okay. That I don't really remember so well. I remember that he used like, I'm like a, imagining a needle going up a pee hole. <laughs> what? No, they definitely didn't do that. But I remember also like the blade he used was like a real. Maybe, and again, maybe this is just ghetto Philippine medicine. I just yeah. didn't know it. He just unwrapped a. It just looked like a razor, like a safety razor. Right. Like it wasn't a scalpel or nothing. Right, it was right, just right. like scissors and a little. Bit. The, yeah. the the most ghetto medical um, procedure I ever went through is when I got a a wart burnt off. Ooh. This guy just took a fucking. Like just a lighter electric and a... stick, yeah, and he poked my skin with it, and it started sparking. Oh my god! And then like it just melted off the skin in that area. He anesthetized it before of an yeah, ointment, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it just kind of melted off, and then it got all charred. And then I smelt your skin, my my myself, yeah, smelt like like a barbecue. Like you're just one one thousandth of your cremation. Yeah. Oh, can I? Just, oh, no, that's too weird. What? Have you ever been to Bali and like witnessed the cremation like ceremony? I've never seen it firsthand, but my my dad has, and he's documented it, and he's shown us, and it looks fucking fascinating, dude. It's gnarly. It's it's, it's massive. Very, it's very interesting. It's very massive. So, like, what they do is that, like, is it once a year? Something like that. Was I just that lucky to be there? So, like, I went yeah, to Bali. It's, it's a day. It's a day that they, it is right. Yeah. It's like one day. Yeah. So, like, I happened to be in Bali at the time. I was like, it was like a school drama retreat thing. And yeah, they basically bring out all... Like, what do they do with the dead bodies before this day? I don't know. It's, it's If I'm not mistaken, it's like a mass burial. Mm-hmm. Or a mass cremation, sorry. It's like mass cremation because everyone gets cremated, no one gets buried. And like, these people come in like these huge-ass floats. Like, it's fucking Mardi Gras. Like, in Sao Paulo, Nathan's fa- second family's home or whatever. And they bring out their bodies and then like... The alpha of the family, like the, the oldest son after the father, if it's their father, is like on top of the float and they're like dancing around... And stuff, and like they have to like keep a. Sto- I could be making a lot of these details up, but it's definitely a really big, colorful thing. Yeah, but the part There's I like want to get they, to, it's 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 almost like a like a parade. Yeah, they very walk much so. this huge structure down. Very the, much so. Yeah. yeah, 
And then like then, but the part that really blew my mind and like just really made me think about life completely differently was the actual cremation itself because right. they would basically have funeral pyres where they would put the bodies in like boxes or whatever and they just light on fire. And I remember thinking, holy shit, because the body's on fire. At first, they're covered in like some kind of ceremonial box or whatever. But eventually, that burns away, and you're just seeing like like the body. Yeah, like that's a, that's tish. That's a person. I mean, that's... That's bone and meat. It's that's, like, that's, that's how, like, that's all ham. cremation works, no? Yeah, but, like, no, cremation, like, you go into, like, a big oven. Like, this is out in the yeah, open. Yeah, but also usually, like, yeah, it's it, they don't show you what's happening. No, but, like, dude... They like, show you what's happening through a very small window. But, but let me put it this way. I don't know how it works, but I think in a... In a, in have, a you, crem- have you ever seen, like, a, a, a real, like, a more traditional cremation? I've seen, like, the like the parts before it. Yeah, so essentially, like my friend's they, dad. they put you in, like, this oven, yeah. and you're in the wooden box... And like they burn the whole thing, and you can choose to look through that sm- tiny little window, mm-hmm. and you'll probably see the same thing. But once you'll they see, start, you'll the, see a box burning, and then yeah. you'll see person burning. But once they, once you start the process, you're kind of the body's just like lying there, right? Yeah. So here, because it's more or- organic, I guess, like the fire, it's like a bonfire. Artisanal. They had to like move that shit around, dude. Yeah. Like I saw a leg like go from lying down to folded up backwards yeah, to get like to burn properly, f- flopping around. And I was like, mother, dude. We are ju- we are here for a blink of an eye. We are just meat puppets. Consciousness is such a fleetingness, a fleeting idea. We yeah. are so mortal. Yeah, YOLO, oh, dude. We can we can we can get into this shit for like hours, man. Like I I I'm always so fascinated, especially with my friends that work in the medical field, mm-hmm. which strangely I have a lot of. <laughs> like I always have to ask them, like, does your perspective on human life change? Like, are we do do we all just look like meat puppets to you guys? Yeah. Like, do we all just look like these bags of things that blood? go wrong? Yeah, like, <laughs> do we just say? like most of the 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 general reply that I get is that in the beginning it might seem that way because you go from almost no experience with handling cadavers and like death to like suddenly being very overexposed to it. Um, but for the most part, humanity always comes through. And, you know, I don't think any of them have been doing it long enough to see people as flesh bags. But um, it definitely, I, from what I've heard, at least, it, it hits in the beginning. Especially, like, you know, when you start working with you're cadavers in your university years. Yeah. Then, like, yeah, you just suddenly get exposed to so much more, like, death. Yeah, the one anatomy class I did had a human body and I was like, oh, shit. What? Yeah. You worked with a human body in your yep. anatomy. How old were you? Uh, this is college, 22. Jesus 20, 20, Christ. 20, 20. I was 20. What 19. Degree, what degree were you taking that you had an anatomy lesson? I was doing pre-med, remember? So like pre-med in America, uh, how it works is slightly different uh, here. But it's like you take a bunch of classes that show that you have an aptitude for science and right. then you go to medical school. Um, you didn't have an aptitude? I did not. But I aced anatomy. <laughs> I didn't. I was terrible at like beginning chemistry and biology, uh-huh. but I fucking aced anatomy because I was so interesting and so inter- interested. So do you get a whole person or like so a we, part of them? So we were in groups of four. Right, uh, and we had a cat, like the whole, the whole. The, I, if I stop for a second, I can still remember what it fucking smells like. Okay. Um. So we had a cat that we would we would dissect and like look at different parts because it's the same, man. It's the uh-huh. Same blood, veins, all that shit's the same. Right. And at the end, like towards the end, they brought in a human anatomy, a human body, so we can like compare. Okay. Um. Yeah, it was a it was a dude. Size, face, and everything. Circumcised. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Did I see his face? I feel like. For what some reason, you, I can't remember. What did you guys do to this body? Just look at the organs. Because basically, it was cut open, and you can see where all the organs went. And stuff. Like, someone did it, and then you just looked at it? Or you guys had to go in no, there? No, we didn't do it. We didn't cut ourselves. But it's like... Okay. Yeah. 
In fact, I don't know if they still have it, but there's a there was a channel there was a show on the BBC where they did just that, like a a human anatomy thing where they just dissected a fresh not fresh I don't know a dead body and just showed like this is this is your kidneys. (sighs) That's how you learn. I know. Like I I, I choose to live in denial that Mm -hmm. that part of the world exists, even though it is what makes our entire world. I'm sure it's very upsetting, but yeah, like the main thing of anatomy class is like. Cutting open the kitty. Oh, God, it's terrible to say it that way. Cutting open the feline specimen, the cat. Uh, and, like, for example, when you're learning the muscles, you, like, separate the muscles. Like, these are the two muscles of the biceps. There's this one and there's this one. Like, you definitely have a nat- Yeah, it doesn't make those sounds because it's, it's, it's dead. But uh, this is very upsetting for cat lovers, I feel. Uh, yeah. How do we get to the human body from foreskin? Oh, no, that makes sense. That makes about... <laughs> that makes enough sense. But yeah, I don't know. I, I choose to live in very perfect ignorance about all that stuff. Because, like, once you start thinking too much about the anatomy and, like, a lot of how your body works and, like, a lot of, like, the inner workings, like, I feel like you can just go insane. But also at no, the same man, time... No, it's I, freeing. But at the same or time... It can be. Really? I would think it would make me, like, fucking eat like a monk. There's a step beyond that. Wait, wait, hold on. You took a weird turn. <laughs> so wait, eat like a monk meaning like... Okay, like you when you see how delicate everything is yeah. in there and how like fragile it is all in there, I'm not... I'm never gonna fucking like eat mac and cheese in my life <laughs> yeah. or like a bag of chips because that's essentially just going like, fuck you, body. Like, I'm just gonna destroy you and... <laughs> Maybe that's like, a good thing then, even though you eat very cleanly already. Not really, no. Well, I it could... clearly didn't work on me, bro. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's it's just like... It's like how I talked about a couple of episodes where I got really dark and just talking about death. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's good, I think, to from time to time to touch up on that world of your own mortality. Right. Because I think for a lot of people, it's just scary to think of you not being here anymore. Or one not being here anymore. So oh, no. Like, I, I, I'm very okay with the concept of death. It's more of just like the concept of like inside pieces. <laughs> you know, like I'm yeah. fine with the, the, the concept of one day being on my deathbed and going like, Thanks for the hat. He never. <laughs> so, you know, like, <laughs> like, I don't know. I what would you say? I don't know. I haven't thought of my last words yet. <laughs> like, I, I want it to be something that would like cause someone to embark on a life like a mission. Mystery. Yeah, yeah. Like um, four, five, six, three. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Just go. <laughs> and then yeah, um, but. I'm okay of that concept, like not okay, maybe not okay, but I'm aware of it, and I've and I've more or less come to grips with my own views on it. It's more of just like the soft, squishy bits inside of us. Sure. You know, I've never been operated on. I've never had an operation. Yeah, like the concept of that fucking freaks me out of getting cut open, rearranged, and sewn back together. The thing that freaks me out is like anesthesia, like the idea of being knocked out and maybe not be getting getting waking up. It's like you're dead. You're like you're like Schrodinger's dead person when they knock you out because you complications can happen. You know. Fucking scary to be like, all right, I'm going to put this mask on you and you're going to go to sleep. The main thing about anesthesia that I dislike is that if you're a guy, it always comes paired with a catheter. Did you know that? Is that only for guys, though? Well, I mean, okay, fine. I'm pretty sure girls get it, but, you know, girls get stuff shoved in there all the time. (laughs) (laughs) They're used to it. Uh, But, yeah, I guess it's just... But also, isn't the idea of, like, not having, like... Not I never want a catheter. I never like, want to just get ha- like cathetered. I don't want a thing in my like, pee hole. I feel like peeing. Now I don't. <laughs> but you have, That's to, interesting. you have to put a thing in your pee hole. It happens to everyone. It's, it's got to re- be. How hard can it be? Uh, uh, well, I, d- I don't, think, Maybe you it, have I don't a... think it can be hard for them to put it yes, in. Yes, true. 
Or actually, would it be easier? I feel like it would be easier. For a little bit of resistance. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. What if this is how we found out that you have a weirdly thin urethra? <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, the concept of ever getting a catheter in, it 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 turns my stomach. Into... I'm more cool with a catheter than I am, like, a poop diaper. I don't want to poop my pants. See, like, at least I have a frame of reference for pooping my pants. It's not a great feeling, but I have a frame yeah. of reference for that. I understand it. I have never had anything inside my pee hole. Are people in a coma, do they just poop themselves and, like, someone comes in and cleans them up afterwards? I guess. Wow. Because baby poop is, like, you know, babies are small, so it's, like, a little bit. But, like, a full-grown man <laughs> just dropping a load? Um, I mean, that's why medical workers need to get paid more, especially yeah. nurses. Essential workers, man. Nurses need to get paid, like, a lot more, considering the fact that they do the fucking dirty work of doctors who just write things. No, I'm kidding. I don't, <laughs> don't even write very well. <laughs> no, I, I, I can't Maybe speak. Maybe medical school should have a penmanship I class. I can't speak to the specific the specificities of a doctor's job, but I know that nurses... I don't think it's a very hard day. Nurses are very, very, very vital. I just think they're underpaid. And I think they're just as important as doctors, so yeah. And, like, a lot of them are Filipino, so, like, I yeah, stand with my people. There's a kinship there. All right. Why is that? Why is nursing such a popular... There's a Vox channel about it. Yeah. A Vox episode about it where they talk about the reasons for it. And something about, like... Yeah, it didn't really stick with me, but there's a reason. Because <laughs> <laughs> it has to... Because it, it can't just be, like, a coincidence. Like, there was a shortage of nurses, like, the 60s or 70s or something. Uh-huh. And then the... Fil- it just became a popular mindset in the family to no the Philippines was like hey if you learn nursing you can come to America oh uh, yeah so a lot of no but like this is like a worldwide thing like there's, yeah, no, there's yeah. Filipino nurses like in Singapore and because and, because of that all these nursing schools opened I right, guess right. and then people just like oh this is a great oh, way to earn money and it's like a big boom basically. yeah I think right, so right, right. I have to watch the Vox thing but yeah okay. but and we're naturally caring and all that shit yeah fun yeah wanna do one last question let's do one last call one call it a night but yeah, Filipinos. All the nurses are Filipino. All the seamen are Filipino. Give a shout out to On your Filipino ocean. seamen. I do. Hi, Freddy. Hi, hi, Javier. Okay, good. Last question for the evening. Okay, last question for the evening is kind of deep, I think. Sounds a little deep, Go but it's it. from ims.tagram. Do you think 2020 is a reset year? Mm. Ooh. Yes. Yeah? In a lot of different ways, yeah. I think, yeah, 100%. Like, 100%. when something this crazy happens that literally causes you to stop. Yeah. Like, stop. Yeah. And stay. The whole world. Right? Mm-hmm. It, how can you not reset? So, that's the, I think yeah. that's the positive, right? That's the yeah. thing. It's like, you, you 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 get knocked off your course, and you have to rethink, and you have to, like, you have a chance to reflect. and, and Definitely. And, and, and start finally producing video content. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. On a, yeah, definitely. Like, I think it shifted the entire world on a micro level. I think a lot of people have started to reconsider like um, what they do for a career, like for work or whatever. I know a lot of my friends are starting to do that, especially because the entertainment industry was just ass raped like throughout the, the last six months. So, so many of my friends in the entertainment industry are starting to reconsider, recalibrate, or just kind of readjust themselves and where they are in lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just the the plausibility and viability of... Um, only pursuing the arts as a money-making career. Um, But on the macro level, it's just, I'm very curious on the macro level how 
this reset is going to change things going forward. Because I'm going to try to link these two thoughts together because it's a feeling that I've had a lot in the past week where I've been watching these like just random videos of anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be The Last Dance, it could be whatever. Yeah. Um, it could be some like weird travel food thing on, on YouTube. And I'll just see like people, like so many people just yeah. doing normal people things and crowding around Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I can't help but have this thought of like, man, like, are we ever going to go back to then? Which is a stupid thought because of course we will. Of course the world is going to eventually like look like wh- wh- what it used to. Mm-hmm. But I can't be the only one that's like thinking this, right? When I'm seeing all these things where there's crowds and people, like where it's just like, man, I know we've only been in this for like seven months, but it feels like that feels like a different planet now. Like this almost feels like I'm watching some kind of weird like alien documentary footage of like how people used to be. <laughs> because like our reality has been so shifted. And I'm just curious, like, because of that huge reality shift where like I could watch something that was filmed only three years ago and feel like it was like a different planet. Yeah. How is that going to um, change, like, say, a year from today? Are we going to basically be at the exact same point? Or is there just going to be a huge shift in how the world looks? Hmm. You know, just how it looks. Yeah. Fuck, I don't know. Just how people function. Like, I'm so... Yeah, I'm endlessly fascinated by how things are going to be like in a year from now when presumably the vaccine has been invented and um, we can go back to some semblance of normalcy i'm just curious if that normalcy is going to be the same normal or like a shifted normal i don't know yeah it's crazy but actually i think we weirdly i feel like we jumped in this question very fast so like how do they phrase it is 2020 a, a reset, reset year? year what does reset year mean to you um it means uh, a, a million things i think right? i think it can mean whatever like i think like reset in the sense of like a second chance yeah that's how i think about it too and i think that i hopefully that's what they mean too i think of it as positive like oh let's reset let's do we have a second chance yeah because there's a real negative of like okay this year sucked let's just forget it reset like you know what i mean like i think she's talking about more of like is 2020 a reset year in the sense of like is it just like this paradigm shifting thing that's going to have to cause a lot of people to i think so reevaluate i think so 100%. 100%. Like, I, I, I have I have done so much more, like, rumination on what the future of my life is this year more than the past four or five years combined mm-hmm. because you're just suddenly faced with, like, so much... Um, just, just thinking so much more about the existential and um, the existential as it relates to, like, the practical shit in your life as well, you know, because money is so badly affected because employment is so badly affected and therefore life is so badly affected for sure yeah like man i don't know it 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 definitely feels like a reset for me in in the sense that like i've i've just put so much more thought into like where my life is going and like what direction i think it should be headed in because for the longest time i've just been kind of like flying off the seat of my pants (laughs) yeah don't know what that expression means, but sure. I think I used it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah. Wow. This episode left me with so much things to think about. Think. Think hang. Think hang. I'm think hang. I'm thinking right now. <laughs> I'm thinking so much that my brain is hanging. So much to think about. <laughs> um, but yeah. How, how, how are you going to end your night? You're going to end your night in, in deep 
Shishima? Meditation? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, I stopped in the middle of a very important mission, okay? I need to take back this castle. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, yeah. I feel, like, actually motivated. Yeah? So, yeah, I feel good, which is nice. Well, to be fair, I always feel nice after we record these things. It's weird. <laughs> it's always like, oh, we, it's always like, no matter what, it's always like, oh, got to record. And then in the, once we start, I'm like, oh, this is great. And the end, I'm always like, I feel great. So You got to have more discipline in your life, man. You need to, t- yeah. Whip you into shape? Is no, I was going to say, like, something about I can, your I can, I can, I can start like making these like hard schedule things and like I'll be here and I'll press record at eight o'clock whether you're here or not. Whoa. You know? So like, there, could be, there could be like full episodes where John is just not present. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. I think every every week is an opportunity to um, reposition yourself and reevaluate yourself and improve yourself. So I hope you guys are doing that too, especially in a, in a, in, a, in an era where we have so much more leeway to do that, so much more space to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think about that. <laughs> I was trying to leave it on like a vaguely inspirational note. Yeah, <laughs> you you can pre- you can press reset on that idea. Just just know. just live with more intention. I guess that's what I'm saying. Like that's something that I I have I have taken so much value out of in the last few years of my life, of just like living with like a bit more intention in every single aspect of your life. If you just mm-hmm. put a bit more intention into it, chances are you're going to get so much more out of it, because like coming from someone who is deeply improvisational and deeply just, ah, fuck it, whatever, you know? Like, whenever I put some intention into something, the results that come out are almost always, like, more deeply satisfying. Because, like, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't just happenstance. It wasn't just a bunch of, like, random happenstances that came together. But I think it's also, like... And to add to that, I mean, I think mm-hmm. it's very satisfying to like set a goal and hit that goal. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's like enough in my life, and that's sad. That's mm-hmm. something I need to work on. And that's my 2020 reset resolution. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks for the questions, guys. Thank you for being there. This has been episode 131. The, the, yeah. Okay. Good. Thank you. One three one. Stalling until I could pull up my podcast. Out. Is that a number? Is that one three one? Is that a significant number? That's a one one three one. One three three two one. Nope. Still, nope. still not a significant it's a bus number. Bus that I used to take. One three one. Yeah. Where'd it go? I don't remember. Okay. <sighs> Thanks for the hang. What a place to be. It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. What a good way, what a good sign, what a good thing It's a good day for a good time with a good hang